0: Hello everyone. Today on the Dean Dome Talk, we've got a preview of the ACC and Big Ten football seasons. They're coming around the corner. Also, we do a preview of the NFC conference in the NFL because, like college football, the NFL is also right around the corner. And then finally, we uh, round things off with some NBA talk because there's been a lot of big news some blockbuster trades, and then the NBA draft as well. It's tip off time on the Dean Dunn Talk.
1: May for the win, North Carolina! Oh. This year, the confetti is going to fall for North Carolina. They're not going to be denied this time. Hello, and welcome back to the Dean Dome Talk. I am Gaddy. Joining me once again is my best friend, Andrew.
0: Hi, Gaddy. Honored to get that designation.
1: Pleasure's all mine. And uh, the <laughs> NBA draft has come and gone. There are new players. And also on the horizon is NFL season and college football season about to start really soon. Uh, but first, let's jump into some quick far facts uh, that just came up recently. Let's start off with a uh, quick overview of the the Olympics and where the medal standings are. As it stands, in overall medals, the USA is in the lead with 59, followed by China with 51, and the Russian Olympic Committee, because uh, the Russian, Russian national team is technically banned, but individual athletes from Russia can compete, so long as they weren't banned for doping. Um, the Russian Olympic Committee is in third with 44. Uh, China, though, has the most gold medals at 24, followed by the U.S., with twenty uh, gold medals, eleven of which are from swimming, um, Japan in third with seventeen, uh, USA twenty-three silver medals, silver medals followed by the Russian Olympic Committee with nineteen and China with fourteen, and then bronze USA first with sixteen, followed by Italy at fifteen and Australia making a top three with fourteen. So uh, that's just a simple overview of the uh of the national medals but looking just real quickly at the gold medals the the individual with the most gold medals in the olympics this year is uh an american dressel uh, i don't remember i can't actually see uh the sport but uh that is the individual gold medal leader at this point uh still a lot of stuff to go uh in the olympics but let's move things along to um something i did not see coming and uh, that would be andrew playtech dropping 50 in a summer league game um (laughs) uh, i believe he made like 11 threes this game um Wow! In context, he made 18 in a single, he never made more than 18 in a single season at UNC. So to see him go nuclear and drop 50 is one of the most (laughs) unexpected things I've ever seen. Why Uh, didn't he do this at UNC? Come on, Playtech. uh, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, I never thought I'd see the number 50 uh, in the box score next to Playtech, but some efficient yeah, shooting an and thing. just efficient shooting and a green light will we see this again i don't know i hope i hope i'd like to see him do it again never know could come back uh, so. if he makes the nba it's just a three and d guy after really finessing his three-point shot you never know uh in other news <laughs> Uh Rasheed Wallace has been a name touted around as possibly becoming an assistant at Memphis under Penny Ardeway. That was something unexpected. Yeah. Yeah. Memphis's assistant staff is sorta of loaded. Larry Brown and now Sheed. Mm-hmm. They're gonna be serious. And I also do like to see uh Sheed Wallace get some uh coaching assistant coaching experience even more um because Mm -hmm. that will always put his name once he gets that experience put his name for consideration um if a unc assistant coaching spot opens up for him to come back Mm -hmm. home and uh so see how it goes it's exciting and memphis is memphis uh, a few years ago didn't have any problems from bringing in talent this will this yeah. this will make it even easier for them. So uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, moving yeah. along to uh, a little tidbit from the NBA draft this year in the draft, zero players from the ACC first or second teams were drafted. Wow, zero.
0: That's crazy.
1: And uh, some no- two notable names. Uh, from the ACC, who went undrafted, um, from the little school in Durham, just eight miles up the road, <laughs> um, Matthew Hurt and DJ Stewart, I believe yeah, DJ Stewart, uh, both undrafted. Yeah, that's surprising. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they both committed. To, yeah, they both committed not to go back to Duke, and that's it. I don't know what they're gonna do. They're summer league, play overseas, two way contracts, G League, who knows? But uh I've I've heard that uh Hurt is going to be an undrafted free
0: agent for the Rockets. Ooh. Now um, I don't know if that means he's gonna actually be able to make the team, but um that's I mean that's a far fall from someone who is eleventh in his recruiting class. Yeah. To
1: being undrafted. That 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 was quite and, a fall, yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of players have seen their stock fall dramatically, uh, in yeah. uh, from pre from before college into the draft. Uh, it's sort of indicative yeah. as to ratings in college or uh, ratings mm-hmm. in um, in high school. So, like, mm-hmm. college is for all the stick uh, that college has given uh, to force us guys to go through at least a year of college before going to the NBA, it's supposed to Mm. weed out those fake rankings. That's what it's supposed to do. And in Matthew Hurt's case, it's done that. And we'll get to a few others where it's also done that when we talk about the NBA draft later. But uh, let's wrap up our quick fire facts with uh, a little bit of a Tom Brady Tom Brady trivia (laughs) so apparently titles seem to follow Tom Brady wherever he lives so uh, he lived in the Bay Area uh, California Bay Area of course uh, as a kid between the years 1977 1995 and uh, in that time the Raiders won two Super Bowls the 49ers (laughs) won five and the A's (laughs) won a World Series and then of course we all know where he it's went crazy. New England, you like, know, and coming down to Tampa. So Tampa Bay. So titles are everywhere. Gosh. I mean even the Celtics got that, something, I mean, you know.
0: Yeah, no, while he was there, the Celtics. They got um, they got a ring. And the Red Sox, I think, also. Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah. You're right. Oh
0: my gosh um and the red sox hadn't won in a long long time um i'm looking it up the red sox it had been since 1918 that they had won a world series and then they win 2004 7 13 and 18 so
1: tom brady brings championships yes that's all i can say yes he does i'm also really astonished by the fact that he was tearing with a torn mcl was it an MCL last year? Yeah. That isn't <laughs> I mean, what uh, like, And at his age. Oh my yeah. gosh, this guy's unbelievable. He he really is. Uh, All the hate he gets, he is truly unbelievable. But um it's that wraps up 43 Quickfire. Years old. That wraps up quick Quickfire. Yeah. And uh nothing new, re- nothing too big and in uh unc basketball news that isn't related to the nba draft so we're gonna move to college football now because that the time is coming the day approacheth. yep so we're gonna start with the acc
0: Mm -hmm. yes we will so um yeah today we're gonna look at the acc and the big 10 in college football because i mean it's what are we a month away
1: from Openings, something weekend, like that. We football. we just going to be exciting. We just entered August. We got oh, a few yeah. weeks now to survive without anything too big. Well, European soccer starts yeah. in a couple of weeks, but before that, that's true. Know, that's true. Uh, we got to discuss some stuff here. Some pressing issues. Oh yes. So I'm, yeah, I'm going to look at the or we're going to look at the
0: ACC Atlantic first. Uh, that's the division with Boston College, Clemson. Florida State, Louisville, NC State, Syracuse, and Wake Forest. So seven teams in that division. Um, and I'm going to go top to bottom, just kind of give a brief overview of what I think is going to happen, how I think the season's going to go. Clemson, you know, I think everyone's going to say Clemson's is going to win the division, right? They're just by and far the best team in the division, the deepest team in the division. They've been recruiting the best. If you look at the past three years, Clemson has finished first in the ACC in recruiting, according to 247's uh, rankings of recruiting. First in the ACC for the past three seasons. So, yeah, they're, they're not going to, I just don't see anyone that has the talent level to catch up with them, even though they lost Trevor Lawrence. Which, I mean, that's a huge loss because, I mean, he's, you know, the best, arguably the best quarterback Clemson has ever had. But their, uh, you know, their next guy stepping up is going to be very good. Um, and I believe their new QB be... is also sponsored
1: by I Bojangles. think Bojangles go... <laughs> on an off note. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sam Powell oh, wow. and the Clemson quarterback are both sponsored by Bojangles.
0: Really? Really? I had no idea. I believe um, so. Yeah, the the quarterback's name is uh, DJ Ukulele, is how I, I think it's said. Um, but I, I'm gonna go ahead and apologize for mispronouncing it because I I probably pronounced it wrong. So now I will say though they have a very tough test against Georgia in the opening game. I think there's a there's a chance they're gonna lose that game. You know, having a new starting quarterback. It's going to be difficult to go up against a good Georgia defense, but other than that, I think they win all their regular season games. So, set, what's really going to be interesting is who finishes second in the ACC. Uh, I, or it's
1: just second in that division. I'm looking at what you wrote, and I'm kind of confused. I thought you said they were a mess. Uh, Florida State. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they are a mess. Their program seems in shambles. But <laughs> but, but they're but second. they're still going to finish second <laughs> in the division. Yes. <laughs> they are still going to be second. There are a few different reasons. One is because that division is just bad. It just really is. I mean, you know, the teams that are competing for second are NC State, Wake Forest, Syracuse. Like, you know, teams that are just aren't that good and if you look at the recruiting rankings for the past three years i mean the other teams in the division just have not recruited well like on a national stage now florida state has recruited well not up to you know historic florida state standards but the past three years florida state has um gotten top 25 classes all three years so that's a big plus also they have transfer mckenzie milton do you remember that name i do not he hasn't played in a while but do, do you ever remember it no i don't remember it no he okay he was the guy who led uh ucf on that undefeated season a few years ago oh. the season that ucf claims um was you know a national championship season uh, you know, if we can. But they weren't invited or not to. That they,
1: means- they were invited to the the playoffs, so right? They, they were it, not man.
0: invited to the playoffs, but they still say like they gave out championship rings and all that stuff. <laughs> uh, they say, well, we were undefeated, so that means we're national champions. Um, you know, this whether or not that's actually a good argument, which it probably is not a good argument. He still played very well. Mackenzie Milton did. Uh, for UCF now he had a bad injury, and then has spent some time recovering and has since transferred to Florida State. One of Florida State's big problems the past few years has been the quarterback position. Uh, we or as in UNC we stole Sam Howell from Florida State. Florida State had signed Sam Howell and he was going to be the answer to all their prayers and was going to bring them back to the glory era but then we stole them from them. Now that they have McKinsey Milton, he's not Sam Howell, but he's still a very good quarterback and with the talent around the team and the frankly the weakness of their division, they should finish second in the division. Um and then from there on out in the division, like it's it's honestly I don't know how much it's worth talking about the other teams. Like I think NC State will finish third in the division and then um you know cuz they still like they're still they always tend to get a lot out of the players they recruit and so i you know it feels like they should finish around third and then i'm gonna go ahead on the record and say after that syracuse will be fourth louisville fifth wake forest sixth and boston college seventh boston college has recruited very poorly the past few years um although this Current class is a good class for Boston College, but you know, being freshmen, I don't think they're going to be able to do enough. So, so that's the ACC Atlantic. Y- do you disagree with any of that, or, or... I could see Syracuse can I go ahead moving to up
1: one. Or I, I I could see State Syracuse and Louisville being in different positions. Uh, just okay. Switching okay. those three, switch those three teams around in these in the in that third, fourth, and fifth spot, really. But for the most part, yeah. I think you're right. Nobody's challenging yeah. Clemson no. over there. Florida State, depending on the health of McKenzie, Milton, Milton, and really the rest of their team, how well it gels together. Mm-hmm. You have a win versus Notre Dame written down. I don't or, know how uh, much I Florida buy State. that. Yeah, I don't know how much I buy yeah. that. But And,
0: yeah, that's a... That's a little bit of a stretch. I will admit that a little. the The reason I say it is is because of this, and well, I'll get to Notre Dame, or maybe I can go ahead and do Notre Dame because Notre Dame's kind of an ACC team. There's I mean, they are in most sports except for football, and they were an ACC team in football last year. So I'll go ahead and say what yeah. I think about Notre Dame. They just lost their all-time quarterback win leader.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That is going to be very hard to recover from. True. Plus, they lost their lost three starting offensive alignment to the nfl draft their top tight end and their like best like two or three defensive players so since because their notre dame's losing that much and because that game is the first week of the year and at florida state you know we're expecting a big crowd florida state's crowd is you know always huge yeah, i think yeah. notre dame's gonna take some time mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i think it's gonna it's just like that's a very tough first game when you're transitioning quarterbacks and their new quarterback notre dame uh jack cohen he was the wisconsin starter in 2019 and then he transferred and i think he's gonna be a good quarterback and i think he's gonna lead notre dame to a nine and three record so not as good as notre dame did last year but still a you know a good season but that's just too tough of a start on the road at florida state when you're transitioning quarterback and and especially you lose that much of the offensive line like people don't talk about offensive line too much but when you lose three starters all to the nfl like that's that's tough to recover from that early in the season yeah yeah but but who knows i mean they notre dame could win that one as well so the ACC Coastal, where UNC resides. So ACC Coastal has Duke, Georgia Tech, North Carolina, Miami, uh, UVA, Virginia Tech, and Pittsburgh. Um, I think I'm going to do the opposite of what I did for the last division. I'm going to start at the very bottom. Georgia Tech's going to be at the very bottom. Uh, Georgia Tech, they lost their longtime head coach a few years ago or a couple years ago. And their new coach is, you know, he's building the foundation, but just the talent's not there yet. So I'm going to have them at the bottom. Um, They might provide an upset or two against teams that, you know, you would think they would lose to, but just overall not enough talent. Then sixth in the division is going to be Duke. They have a very easy um, non-conference schedule they play Charlotte, North Carolina ANT and Kansas, which are all three very, you know, not good teams. And then they also play Northwestern, who I'll talk about Northwestern later in my Big 10 analysis, but they lost a lot of their players from last year. And so I think that's like that's like four wins for Duke in their non-conference stage. So All they will need is two conference wins to be able to make a bowl game, which I think Duke will be able to do. I mean, finishing two and six in conference, that's not asking for much, but they still, you know, they'll, they'll make a bowl game, but just still not that great of a team. And the same goes for Pittsburgh, which I'm having right above Duke. And the reason why I have right above Duke is because I'm going to say that Pittsburgh beats Duke in the time they play against each other Um pittsburgh is you know needs some help recruiting and you know has some holes on their team but here's a huge thing that i'm going to predict it's going to sound absolutely crazy for a team that i think is going to finish fifth in their division but i think that pittsburgh is going to beat miami this year Ooh,
1: that's a hot take yes i know that's hot take yeah it's a very hot
0: take yes It is a very hot take. We should write this this down
1: somewhere. We should write this down somewhere.
0: (laughs) We we probably need to because this might come back and bite me later. But here's why I say it. Pat Narduzzi, who's the head coach at Pittsburgh, he is known for two things. Average football teams that finish between six and eight wins and ridiculous upsets. Those are the two things he's known for. In 2016, Pittsburgh was not a not a good team. I mean, they were like, okay. I think they finished the regular season. They ended up finishing with eight wins in the regular season, but still was with a weak schedule. They beat number three Clemson in Clemson. Clemson doesn't lose at home in conference games that often. The very next year in 2017, um, that was the year that everyone was saying – miami's back to its you know to being great and all that stuff and miami had started the year 10 and 0 and they looked like i mean they were number two in the country when they were playing pittsburgh they were just a couple of games away from making the playoffs and then pittsburgh beat them pittsburgh didn't even finish with a winning record for that year <laughs> so yeah, you know this is a team that knows how to win knows how to win Upset games, and I'm gonna go on the record and say they're gonna beat Miami. I I've recorded um, that, it's pretty crazy. I've recorded that, we'll come back to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it might come back to haunt me. So, the top four of the coastal, I'm gonna say number four is gonna be Virginia Tech, and then number three, Virginia. And the reason that they're gonna, Virginia's three is because Virginia's gonna beat Virginia Tech. And the reason why I'm putting them like that is because of the the direction of their programs. Virginia feels like they're on a little bit of an upswing, even though they played, you know, last year wasn't their best, um, but they were dealing with a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of players who had left from their division title team from two years before. But still, it's a, it's a team that's going up. You look at their recruiting, they're recruiting decently for UVA. Now Virginia Tech though, they are not they're not playing well with under Justin Fuente. Virginia Tech should be a team that is consistently at the top of their division and consistently like a top 15, top 20 team when you look at the history of the program, but they've been struggling so that's that's why I'm saying that you know that uva is going to finish above virginia tech because they haven't had a 10 win season since 2016 and for virginia tech like you get 10 win seasons all the time now it leaves us at the top two miami and unc this is going to be a real duel these two teams are the heavyweights to win their division and are the only two teams i think who have a chance of knocking off clemson um this season in the regular season like in conference in terms like the conference championship game I'm going to go on the record and say it's going to be UNC that wins the division, but it's going to be very close. I could see it going either way. Miami, Miami, I think is overrated, frankly. You know, when I initially started looking through the coastal teams, like my initial reaction was I put Miami at the top. But when I started looking through their you know their roster they're just they're not as strong as people think they are now they've got a great quarterback in at King but still like not as strong for rosters as people think plus UNC you know people talked a lot about our offense last year but we have a lot of experience on defense a lot of experience yes. um tamari fox tamari fox is gonna be a junior tamon fox is gonna be like a um fifth year kind of like graduate senior Eugene Asante is going to be a junior, and then Trey Morrison at uh, safety a senior. Don Chapman at nickelback a junior, and then players who last year made big plays like Tony Grimes and Desmond Evans. Like those are two guys, and Storm Duck. Those were those are three guys that had you know good se- had like pretty good seasons. Well, they were very young, and now they get an extra year. Like Tony Grimes was a starter. I think I'm pretty sure he was a starter. At least he played a lot at defensive back while he was a true freshman and he played well. And for him to be able to have an extra off season is going to be so huge. And the same with Desmond Evans, he's going to like this off season. I think he's going to, you know, turn into something completely different. So I love the deep defensive experience. Offense. I'm a little concerned because we lost our top two running backs, top two wide receivers, but we bring back Bo Corrales at wide receiver. People don't talk about him much, but he is a a big body. He's someone who can kind of out muscle guys uh playing at the uh, wide receiver position. And he's a senior, so he has that experience. Plus Caffrey Brown, uh, who's De'Ami I'm pretty sure he's diami Brown's brother. He's a good player. He's gonna be a registered sophomore. And then we bring in grad transfer, Ty Chandler. Yeah, that that's that that's to... important.
1: Mm-hmm. He's important.
0: Yes. Very very important. And I think he's going to have a little bit of a breakout season. And so oh, and last thing, our offensive line. If you look at the projected starting lineup for offensive line, all five of them are at least juniors. At least juniors. So what you So that's saying, going to help our run game. What you're saying mm-hmm.
1: is that if we want to make a run for the playoffs and hopefully the championship mm-hmm. game after that, this is the year to do it. Mhm. Because Sam Howell is yeah. probably not coming back after this year. Along with he's, a lot of he's guys, he's definitely leaving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He
0: would. I mean, he should leave after this year because he should be a first round pick next year. Top, um, yeah. like
1: top five.
0: Yeah, probably definitely. I mean, one of the top. Yeah, like you said. Yeah, top, one of the top uh, quarterbacks in the draft. Yeah. Now, in, in, you're right. This is this is the year if we want to win. The division. If we want to win the ACC championship and possibly make the playoffs, this is the year to do it. Although, I mean, we can't give up hope for the future because we signed Drake May. He's going to be a freshman this year. He he might redshirt, or at least I think he should redshirt because that will give him an extra year. Um, but he is, uh, I think, a top fifty, maybe top seventy-five recruit in the country. Who he? Can, I mean, he could fill in Sam Howell's shoes next year,
1: and i think yes i I like i like the future of unc i I think the x factor uh for unc this year is going to be two things number one protect Mm -hmm. sam howell the Mm o-line must protect him we were so leaky sometimes last year just letting um yes letting guys get to sam howell sacking him possibly injuring Mm -hmm. him you have to protect him and number two is Mm -hmm getting the offensive pieces moving these guys mm-hmm. aren't as experienced they're def- probably not as good as our offensive pieces last year our receivers mm-hmm. and, and running backs they were elite level mm-hmm. some of the best of the country yeah we have mm-hmm. to really they're gonna have duds they're gonna have some duds they're gonna drop balls they're gonna get yeah. stripped uh, stripped yeah. uh, fumbled we have to mm-hmm. really work on overcoming that quickly and early those are the two x factors this mm-hmm. year because the defense like you said is going to be pretty good mhm and then we got Sam Howell so i think that's important and of course we should probably right, focus right on making field goals and extra points because that's important
0: <laughs> yeah
1: yeah and we're bringing back
0: our um offensive coordinator and defensive coordinators yeah so that's huge as well because it's, that means it's the same system now we're going to have a little bit of a tough start because we have to play at virginia tech that first game and i'm i'm worried about that even though what i said about virginia tech playing at virginia tech's award especially when you have so many new pieces at you know wide receiver running back etc but what you said's right we're going to have to make sure that the offense line gives Sam Howell time since these receivers and running backs aren't going to be as good as last year. I mean, you know, Michael Carter and Javante Williams, remember what they did against Miami last year? Oh, yeah. At running back, it was just. That was a good game. They ran for, was it. I mean, it was. Each of them ran for 300. 400 something yards. Each of them ran for 300. Over 300. Gosh. I mean, just absolutely insane um we're not gonna have that this year like i mean not that many teams ever have that but we're not gonna have that so we're gonna have to yeah yeah defense is gonna have to carry us offensive line's got to carry us and we just i think patience is another thing for sam howell is to um is when it when games are getting tough to not you know give up on his guys on his receivers if they don't play as well. But who knows? Maybe these guys will turn out and be great. Um, Maybe. Maybe the receivers and the running backs will step in. So, yeah, my official projection is Clemson-UNC in the ACC title game. But it's a little bit of wishful thinking, honestly, because we play – we've beaten Miami two times in a row. Not many people can beat Miami twice in a row. And they've been in, like, good games as well or at least the the home game two years ago was in a very good game then last year it was you know we absolutely embarrassed miami so both of those <laughs> games were ones where it's like miami was thinking afterwards gosh like we, we could
1: now curb stomped them last year
0: yeah yeah and so they're going to be extra motivated plus they have a bye right before the game oh, against us okay, that, yeah. that makes me nervous that makes me nervous
1: we also have to... Um,
0: even though I think we have a better team.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so uh, who's yeah. going to win between UNC and Clemson? <laughs>
0: the silence. Clemson. Clemson's just too deep. I mean, Clemson's yeah. just too deep of a team. Now, I hope UNC can. And it when, it when it gets to the point of when you're on that big stage of an ACC title game, anything can happen. And if we get to that point, that probably means that our weak spots are not as weak as we thought they were. But still, I mean, Clemson, like, they expect to be
1: there. I mean, let's and... say what you say happens. And both Clemson and UNC mm-hmm. are 11-1 and going into the ACC uh, championship game. Mm-hmm. The winner of that game goes to the playoffs. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And the loser goes home. Yeah. So... That is yeah. such an important game. Now, if UNC is ten and two, well, Clemson's eleven and one. If UNC wins, I still don't think right. UNC goes to the playoffs. Assuming it's still a 14 team playoff, I don't think it's, anything's been approved yet. Yeah.
0: So. Yeah, I think the twelve teams like for twenty twenty five tentatively. Um. So yeah, yeah. No, we we have to we have to have eleven wins going into that game to be able to make the playoffs. Um yeah so since we're from a weaker conference like you know if you have two losses from the sec then yeah you can make the playoffs but not two losses from the acc yeah it might be like a it might be a playoff game the acc championship game might be a you know de facto playoff game which would be exciting
1: that that would be really exciting yeah so on to the big ten then big ten Let's we'll see it. Big 10 it is. So two
0: divisions. The first one is the East. Uh, that has Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, Maryland, Indiana, and Rutgers. And So I'm going to go from the bottom up on this one. Rutgers is at the very bottom. They're building something, but it it just takes a while. Lo- it's just going to take a while. And they're in a very tough division. And Rutgers is a tough program to build, but... So just give them time, give them time Gonna be this year. Sixth in the division. I'm going to have Michigan state. They're in a kind of a similar situation. Uh, well, maybe not, maybe not similar. They had Mark D'Antonio for many years who led Michigan state to their, you know, best 10 plus year stretch of football. And then he retired and now they have Mel Tucker and Mel Tucker's I think going to be good. And I think this Michigan State team has a good defense, but they just don't have any weapons on offense, so that's probably going to prevent them from making a bowl game. So, but again, give them time; they're going to turn into a good. Um, they're gonna this rebuild's gonna go well for Michigan State. Just not this year. Just not yeah. Just not this year. Just not this year. Indiana is who I'm gonna put at number five. A lot of people are putting them a lot higher. You know, because um, Indiana had a very good year last year. They, um, you know, Tom Allen was in his, I'm trying to, was it his second or third year? Um, oh, actually, last year was his fourth year as the head coach of Indiana. And their quarterback played very well. They finished 6-1 and one in the Big Ten with their only loss being at Ohio State by one touchdown. So... Like, that's, that's good when you can... You know, your only loss is in the Big Ten is on the road at Ohio State by one touchdown. They had some huge wins. They beat Penn State in overtime in a very controversial fashion. Um, some people say that that, you know, two-point conversion was uh, not... Like, he did not cross the end zone. Some people say he did. But anyways, they won that game. They beat Michigan. They won at Wisconsin. So... They're playing well, but I think what happened was they took advantage of a, uh, of a worse Big Ten. Because last year, the Big Ten was not as good as it normally was. Michigan and Penn State both had awful starts to the Big Ten, or to, to their seasons. Michigan, um, Penn State, they lost their first five games of the year. Michigan they were two and four like that's that just doesn't happen that just doesn't happen for those two programs those are two historic programs and and indiana took advantage they won games against those teams um and even like wisconsin they beat wisconsin but wisconsin like they had a lot of they hardly played games i mean they played ended up playing seven games by the time they had their bowl game but you know they're having games canceled left and right, um, and they hadn't played for a couple of weeks going into the Indiana game, so I think that hurt them as well. So I think people are going to overestimate Indiana, and they'll finish fifth. Next up, the top four is going to be interesting in the Big Ten. I'm going to say Michigan at fourth. Some people are saying that they're going to be second. They have a lot of they have a lot of talent. They recruit well, but last year was bad, and I know that it's not going to be as bad as last year. But I'm just not convinced in their start in their quarterback situation, and in this division, you need a good quarterback. Um, and they have a new defensive coordinator too, and it's just I don't know. There just seem to be a lot of a lot of questions with the team, and there are rumors of kind of internal strife within the program going on so yeah
1: that's yeah that never bodes well yeah
0: it's not good Mm
1: -hmm.
0: even though Harbaugh is an amazing coach yeah that the rumors of internal strife and just they they just have some problems that i'm not confident that they'll they're able to answer although it could be proven wrong third in the big 10 east and this is going to surprise a lot of people again another hot take I'm saying Maryland. Maryland is going to be this breakout team um, (laughs) that is going to have an amazing season. Very hot take. So there are a few reasons. First, their recruiting has been going up. In 2019, they they were 11th in the Big Ten in recruiting uh, per 247's recruiting rankings. 2020, their recruiting class was jumped to 6th in the Big Ten. And then... This past year, they were fourth in the Big Ten uh, um, in recruiting, and they finished 18th overall in the country, so they're going the right direction with that. Next. they Do you know who their quarterback is? No. Probably don't. People don't realize this. Tua Tagovailoa's younger brother is the quarterback at Maryland. Ah. Yeah, and last year was uh, his first year in the program, and because Because it was a COVID year, and you know he was just transferring in, like it took some time to get adjusted, and he played well. But I think now that he's had a full off season, I think he's really going to shine. And then two other things: they have a lot of upsmen starting on offense and defense. And then lastly, their hard games are at home. Penn State and Michigan are going to be two of their hardest games, and they're at home which is huge you know having to play at mich at penn state having to play at the big house like it's very daunting but it just seems like everything's going in the right direction at the right time and everything's lining up for a for a good season for them so that that's my hot take they're gonna finish nine and three nine and three is my
1: projection Ooh. well i yeah. have that one recorded too <laughs> It's, <laughs> this, it's the time for the hot take time for the hot take. yes
0: yes yeah so my uh yep another hot take and then at the top of the big east it's gonna uh, big 10 east division it's gonna be a battle between ohio state and penn state state and frankly i can see it going either way penn state despite you know having a very bad year last year they finished off strong they won their last four games and then one of You know, one of their losses was at Indiana when, again, like I mentioned, it was a play that people debate whether or not the Indiana player got in the end zone. Penn State's recruiting well, and they have Sean Clifford coming back as their quarterback. He's going to be, gosh, it feels like he's been there forever, but experience really means something. They have a lot of talent. Now, the reason I'm saying that they're going to finish behind Ohio State is because they, because Ohio State is hosting the game between Ohio State and Penn State. Um, They, it's, you know, and that makes a big difference, you know, when you're playing in front of a crowd of 100,000 people. Plus, Ohio State is at the top Big Ten recruiting class for the last two years by a wide margin. You know, in 2020, Ohio State finished fifth in the country in recruiting, whereas The next best team in the Big Ten was 14th in the country. And then this year, Ohio State finished second in the country in recruiting, whereas the next best team was 13th. And Ohio State, despite losing Justin Fields, they bring back a lot of players. Senior wide receiver Chris Olave, junior wide receiver Garrett Wilson, junior running back Master Teague. Um, Now they're going to have to decide who their starting quarterback is going to be since they lost Justin Fields. But they've got good you know very good options two very good options sophomore cj stroud who was the number two pro style quarterback coming out of his recruiting class and then freshman kyle mccord who was the number five pro style quarterback coming out of his class so i think that the experience around whichever quarterback gets selected will help carry that team to a division title
1: well that makes sense uh, i i follow along with everything and i really don't disagree Maryland, you uh, did say you might have them peaking a little bit early here, but mm-hmm. I could see it happening. Yeah. Uh, Michigan, I mean, I could see Penn State, Maryland, Michigan, Indiana finishing any one of those spaces really. It, yeah, I don't see anybody other than Ohio State finishing top of the Big Tens So, yeah,
0: yeah, I agree. Yeah, they have a lot of talent, and they've. I mean, Ryan Day is doing a great job as the head coach. He transitioned very. I mean, they did a very good transition from Urban Meyer to Ryan Day. Ohio State's got. I mean, they just transition very well from coaches when it seems like they could be falling off. Like they had, you know, Jim Tressel until 2010 or so, or from like 2000 2010. He left, and then Urban Meyer steps in two years later, has a dominant run. He leaves, and people think, oh, well, the program's going to fall off and then they get ryan day so they've yeah that's definitely helped them consist with consistency so last the last college football division big 10 west uh again i'm going to go from reverse order illinois is going to be at the bottom of this division they just are recruiting awfully just absolutely awfully and they just don't have much talent so they're gonna finish bottom of the division, and then sixth in the division. You have the bidding Charlotte.
1: You have, them bidding Charlotte. you have the bidding Charlotte. I do have sure? the bidding Charlotte. Are you
0: sure? I'm um, Honestly, no, I'm not sure. I think, I mean, Charlotte could win that game. Um,
1: yeah, I'm not yeah, gonna go that's... quite as far as a hot take, but I, I, think Charlotte might be Indiana or not Indiana, Illinois. Sorry.
0: I could see it. I could see it because the Illinois is just devoid of talent and. They they are, they are a hot mess. Um, Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. They they could easily lose to Charlotte. Uh, Next on the, in the division, I'm gonna say Purdue is gonna be sixth. I feel like this is the year that their head coach Jeff Brom is gonna be fired. Um, Their win totals have been decreasing every year for the past like three or four years. The recruiting class was bottom of the Big Ten this year. It just it just seems like a problem. It's so, a sinking ship. Those two, yeah, 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 definitely a sinking ship. Fifth in the division, I'm going to say Northwestern, which is you know surprising since Northwestern won the division last year. Um, now the reason I say that is because they are 126. In the FBS and returning offensive production and there aren't too many more than 126 teams in the FBS they lost so much so much of their offensive production from last year and even though they're gonna have a pretty good defense and even though Pat Fitzgerald is a good coach they just you can't lose that much and continue to be at the same level as last year um and then after that, I'm going to say Iowa's going to be fourth. They're one of those teams, it's like they're stuck in the middle. They're not bad. They're not great. They'll win games. They'll lose games. But, meh, they're, you know, kind of in the middle. I think they're going to finish 6-6, six and six, make a bowl game, but just barely. Although I could see them going 8-4 and four because I have Iowa losing to both Maryland and Nebraska. And I'm predicting Maryland and Nebraska to kind of have, you know, upstart seasons this year and if i'm wrong about this too then iowa could finish eight and four but yeah that's how i have it which brings me to my next thing i'm gonna have nebraska at third in their division nebraska used to be a powerhouse program but they've not been good recently and i feel like this is the year that scott frost who's their head coach it's going to be scott frost's third year as the head coach i feel like it's going to be the year they finally do well I, I say they're gonna be eight and four. They have a good quarterback. They've been recruiting well the past few years. And I don't know. I just feel like it's time. Now that's maybe not a good reason to say that they're gonna be eight and four, but it's it's more of a feeling thing. It just it just seems like they're due for a good season, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then the top of the division, I think it's gonna be a big toss-up, Minnesota and Wisconsin. And I'm actually going to say that they're going to tie for the division title. Like, they're going to finish with the same amount of conference wins. But Minnesota is going to win the division due to -to head-to-head tiebreaker over Wisconsin. Um, They're both good teams. Wisconsin has recruited well, good coach, tough home stadium. But their offense last year was dreadful. They were 12th in the Big Ten. Their run game was non-existent. And I don't see that changing too much. The good thing, though, is that their defense was fifth in the country in yards per game. So it's like you know, polar opposites. Their offense is very bad, but their defense is one of the best in the country. And that's gonna that's gonna keep them competitive. I mean, there have been many times Wisconsin teams have not had great, um, not had great offenses, but their defense has kind of carried them. So they're gonna be good. But I'm gonna say Minnesota is gonna win the game between minnesota and wisconsin partially because the game is in minnesota and then also um, wisconsin back two years ago denied minnesota a division title when wisconsin beat minnesota late in the season and i think those minnesota players are going to remember that they still have the same quarterback and the same head coach from that year two years ago minnesota i mean they have a senior quarterback in tanner morgan very experienced offensive line and they their wide receivers are better than people think if you watch them they're they're better than people think their defense has some issues but i think it should be good enough to help them win the division and that you know that kind of wraps up kind of wraps up what i have to say about
1: Yeah, know my, my gut says that wisconsin will finish top but just looking at the games penn state mm. and notre dame those are really hard to win and mm-hmm. at minnesota it would also be difficult to win so i can see how it's going to be a three-way yeah. uh or two-way uh tie from mm-hmm. big 10 west it's i guess mm-hmm. wisconsin winning the big 10 west is down to minnesota not uh it's, it's basically down to minnesota Minnesota controls whether they'll, right. they'll win or lose this, uh, this division. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's going to be a fun game between those two because it's going to be strength on strength. It's going to be an amazing Wisconsin defense versus a good and very experienced Minnesota offense with a great senior quarterback. And yeah, a lot of it's going to be a okay well which which one of those strengths is gonna shine through more, or on the flip side, which one of their weaknesses will not be as weak, or will rather like step up to the stage, like will Minnesota's defense step up in that game, or will Wisconsin's offense find some life in that game? so yeah,
1: yeah
0: um we had we had a few hot takes there, didn't we? Yes,
1: yes, we did yeah what should we jump to next uh you know what nfl yeah let's just let's For just NBA. tackle let's tackle all of football now all of we'll, football yeah let's just tackle yeah. all of football we'll, 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 we'll do the other conferences at another point let's let's talk about the nfc yeah. yes nfc
0: today's the nfc and eventually we'll do an afc um you know prediction thing but right now it's nfc so first we have the NFC North. That's Chicago Bears, Detroit Lions, uh, Green Bay Packers and Minnesota Vikings. The So the thing for the Bears is who is who's going to be their first starting quarterback. They signed veterans Andy Dalton and Nick Foles and they drafted in the first round rookie Justin Fields from and, Ohio State
1: and they traded away was, Mitch Trubisky yeah. to to the Bulls. Yes, yes. Which is, mm-hmm. I, in my opinion, that's kind of a upwards move for him, <laughs> because the, the Bears <laughs> just don't know how to put talent around a quarterback or how to protect a quarterback really. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah,
0: yeah. They've um, those are definitely two issues for the Bears. They they are, I mean, they are lacking a, a true number two or number three receiver. Like Allen Robinson is a good wide like main wide receiver he's a consistent 1000 yard guy but they don't have anyone else to kind of help like you need mul- multiple wide receivers you can't just have one guy and because that allows the defense okay well, let's just focus on this one receiver and it you know you can shut him down now i'm hopeful because they drafted unc product wide receiver daz newsome Mm-hmm. So, uh, fingers crossed that Daz Newsom is going to have a good year for the Bears. I'm really going to be pulling for him. Um, I think it's going to be good that he's not going to be expected to do too much since they have Allen Robinson. But I think it's a good pick for the Bears. Now, I don't know if it's going to make too much of a difference this year.
1: If anything... Now,
0: they also have Tariq Cohen. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, if anything, uh, Robinson would get double teamed a lot because he was really the only option... For mm-hmm. the Bears quarterback, whether it was Falls or Trubisky, um, he would mm-hmm. get double teamed, and when that happens, he's going to get intercepted, of course. And right, if right. he decides to pass, and then the other option is running it, but the team would ex- other team would expect that it was really easy to play against the Bears. As, as simple as it was, yeah, yeah. You-, you basically double team yeah, Robinson, definitely. and the other mm-hmm. receivers aren't just aren't quite as good, and then you just expect from right. Him. Or just target. Plus, plus uh, you know, Tariq
0: Cohen, who was their starter, starting uh, running back, he only played three games last year. So that made it even more difficult for Trubisky when not only do you only have one receiver option who's getting double teams, but now your starting uh, running back is out. So if, if Cohen can stay healthy this year, I think the offense will look better. Plus, if Daz Newsom can kind of show some potential. But overall, it's just not the not going to be the best offense. Potential, but not the best offense. Now, on defense, they have an amazing linebacking core. With pro bowlers, slash, like, all pro potential players, Khalil Mack and Roquan Smith. And then they have some depth with Robert Quinn, Danny Tristan. Um And they have some good defensive backs with Sean Gibson, Desmond Trufant. But there's not much behind Gibson and Trufant. And plus, Trufant had injury problems the last two years, and Akeem Hicks, who's another kind of... um, He's a defense lineman who kind of Bears try to rely on. He's very inconsistent. So, the Bears defense has potential because of that linebacking core of Khalil Mack and Roquan Smith, which is one of the best in duos but just not enough depth or consistency they'll be a decent team and because it's a seven team playoff like they they could possibly compete for the playoffs depending on how their starting quarterback does but it, i'm going to pick them third in the nfc north out of those four teams um and the team that i'm going to pick as fourth in the nfc north is the detroit lions
1: their yeah. defense was
0: absolutely awful. <laughs> yeah, the Lions. Yes. The Lions poor Lions awful defense and they really like they've drafted some people but just they're they're really building. It's they're in a rebuild. You know, you can say what you want. They're in a, re- in a rebuild. And now they traded their starting quarterback, Matthew Stafford, for Jared Goff, which I think is a good trade for the Lions. Because I think it's a win Stafford was 33.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't really around. like Stafford. I don't like Stafford. Don't yeah, yeah. He's solid. Definitely. I just feel like... No, Stafford... A, no, yeah. go on, go on. It's, you have no, four. you got it, you got it. I, I feel like the I, Lions have been treading water forever. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. they saw Stafford was basically the solution... But he was a piece of the solution, but yeah. they never really tried successfully to augment him. Right. And even right. then, like, <laughs> their divisions a little bit tricky when you have like the Vikings, mm-hmm. the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, the yeah, Bears, and the Bears. It's gonna be right. really There's hard. No yeah, I think what they're what yeah. they're doing right now of probably just opting to blow it up try to rebuild completely it's a better idea because by then packers will uh will be dipping the vikings have already dipped the bears who knows what the heck they're doing sometimes the bears are really unpredictable Uh, yeah so probably by the time that their rebuild is paying off they should be able to to win their division but who knows yes and i guess that does and lead us into the part practice. of the reason for that mm-hmm. I don't know. I go well I
0: can go. one uh two last things yeah part of the reason that's going to happen is because goff is so young if they were going to try to rebuild now with stafford i mean stafford would be close to retiring by the time um they got there but goff is young enough to where he's going to be able to stay around also i just have to mention this The Lions' new head coach, Dan Campbell, this was a couple. This was many months ago, actually. I mean, he was hired back in January, and he said some pretty crazy things. Um, Is it as crazy as uh,
1: fedoras? The crazy stuff. Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Um, He said,
0: "Quote: We're going to kick you in the teeth, all right. And when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you. And we knock us down." We're going to get up, and on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off. That's what he said. Uh. He, he, he was talking about biting people. Like, he went on and was, like, talking about people biting people's kneecaps. And, you know, reporters and, like, people in the media were like, wait a second, did he really just talk about biting someone's kneecap in his introductory press conference? Um, This is some Ted yeah, Lasso stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he didn't just say it once. Like, he, he talked about um, – like later in the press conference like a few like multiple sentences later he talked about biting off the other kneecap of the i guess the same person who he was biting in the first comment um, yeah so an interesting guy who's probably going to be in the headlines a lot
1: that yeah but
0: that does lead us into the Minnesota Vikings <laughs> um the Vikings i'm going to say are second in the NFC North they're going to be competing for a playoff spot. They have a good a Pro Bowl running back in Dalvin Cook, good backup, scary wide receiver combo in Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. Kirk Cousins is also a good quarterback. They they underperformed last year offensively, and I think they'll get better. But their defense has some problems. Like their defensive line is just not good. Uh, now they have they have great linebackers, and they also drafted Chaz Surratt. That's going to help a lot. Who will add? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's going to really add to that linebacking, uh, linebacking core. And I'm excited for Surratt because even though, like, he could have gone somewhere else where he would have gotten more playing time, but he's going to be around guys who are Pro Bowl, who have been Pro Bowlers before. So that's really going to help him long term. Also, Vikings have good defensive backs. They're they're two top defensive backs: Harrison Smith and Patrick Peterson. Anderson. they've combined for 13 total pro bowls. I, so like they have the pieces,
1: right? I feel they like they're the a good solid mm-hmm. team. They're not going to blow you out of the water in any department, but they're just an all round yeah. solid team. Mhm. So that, right, that's
0: right. Just, like they're not
1: see.
0: Yeah, they're not Super Bowl contenders or anything, no. but like I can really see them making the playoffs. And honestly, like I can see them competing with the Packers, which sounds crazy because the Packers are so much more talented. Like they have MVP uh, Aaron Rodgers, All-Pro Davante Adams, plus other good wide receivers, good running backs. They um you know, some good defensive pieces. They uh, they drafted a first round in the first round they drafted Eric Stokes from Georgia who will be a good cornerback and it, overall like it's a very great team the the Packers were in the NFC Championship game last year they have the talent to do that again the only problem is is that Aaron Rodgers and the Packers like ownership and front office are feuding they like Rodgers at press at his pre- press conference at training camp last week like he went on a 20-minute rant about the Packers and how they weren't using him right and how they like should be using him more to recruit people to Green Bay and like he was he was saying some bad stuff about the Packers and I worry that that could hurt the team which is why I give Minnesota a chance but if they can get that feud behind them then Packers definitely win the division
1: yeah, Aaron Rodgers is the true question mark here. What is he going to do? Mm-hmm. What are the Packers going to do with him, etc. So Yeah, can they yeah. win? Can yeah. they win without Aaron Rodgers? No. Okay. I mean, but he's going to
0: like he's going to play. He's going to be their starter. Like there's no way that unless he gets injured, like they he finally agreed to come back to the team. There was some talk about him trying to force his way out or you know like there was question marks about whether he's actually even going to go to training camp but he's finally there it's just like when you go on live tv and start talking crap about the team that you're playing for that just that's not good for the locker room um also part of his like talking crap about the team he talked about how the packers let go a lot of players who were good for the locker room which Probably as a Packers player, if you're sitting there and thinking, wait a second, I wasn't included on that list of, you know, players who are good for the locker room. Does it, Rogers not like me? You know, that's just not a good look.
1: Yeah, there's going to be yeah. a lot of drama in Green Bay. So, I, And I, I'm not the biggest yeah. fan of drama, so let's go ahead and uh, move on over to the NFC. So. Yeah, yeah
0: yes and i'm 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 going a little slow but i'll i'll speed it up i'm going to speed it up so no no we got stuff to talk painters. about there's,
1: there's nothing to be yeah. slow about. <laughs> people can always pause do something come back to this you know i, I want to I, i'd much rather prefer putting out what needs to be put out uh, at the pace it needs to be mm-hmm. put out in rather than let's just rush it i feel like a, a special espn right, right. and a lot of outlets try to really rush things uh Mm-hmm. gave everything the detail yeah. and attention it deserves.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah, because people don't have to sit like, you know, listen to it in one sitting, you know. yeah. They can take their time, pause. Um, But yeah. And, it's, and it's hopefully out. also tell their friends about it. Yeah. Yes, everyone, tell your friends. Let's get us some more viewers. Um, Panther is going to be at the bottom of this division. I They, they, they traded for Sam Darnold. He is a
1: walking turnover. He,
0: I, like. He just.
1: I like, think you remember good. He's not when a good I was. I think you remember when I was messaging you uh, last season when I was watching mm. a Jets game. I forgot who they were playing. It mm. wasn't somebody good mm. though. They're the Jets were playing some mm. team. They literally could not stretch a first down. They could not get a first down. Yeah, yeah. and they would just keep yeah. letting the other team score. They did not know how to play football at all. And (laughs) part of that is Sam Darnold. Part of that is just the team, the coaching and stuff, the personnel. I don't know how much hope I have for Sam Darnold. My faith is that we only have him here to hold us over for a year until uh, we draft somebody this time. Um, You know, suck for Sam Howell. Really, it's time to suck for Sam. (laughs) uh yeah that's really all i see Sam darnold yeah Yeah, for real yeah there there, there are some good guys on this team Uh, from what i've seen in the draft it was good defense and defensive improvements and uh, line and stuff mm -hmm. i like the way the panthers were were drafting and it kind of mm -hmm. seems to me that everything's pointing to drafting a quarterback this year so we'll see
0: yeah yeah, they need to draft a quarterback because they've got some you know, they've got an all pro potential running back in um Christian McCaffrey. They've actually got a surprisingly good offensive line. Um complete steal when they drafted running back Shovel Hubbard in the fourth round. Like he is he is gonna be a great backup running back who's exactly. gonna help carry the load for McCaffrey. And but it's all about that quarterback. And I mean, a guy who is a career below 60% completion percentage over three years. It's just not good. Not good. Um, now, their defense their defense was bad last year, but they drafted well. J.C. Horn, cornerback, um, they drafted a defensive tackle named Davion Nixon, who was a unanimous All-American last year, and they were able to get him in the fifth round. So, like, they've got – they're going in the right direction, just not now. It's not this year. Yeah. Which I feel like what you can say for the Falcons as well. You know, now they had to give up Julio Jones, which is going to be a huge loss. Now, they still have wide receiver Calvin Ridley, who I think is going to be that next, you know, next big talent for the next eight or so years. And they drafted tight end Kyle Pitts, who was, you know, is a once-in-a-generation talent. But their, their defense was just... Their passing defense was awful. Now, part of that was because they were in a tough division with Tom Brady and uh, Drew Brees, but still, it was awful. And they need to work on that. And losing Julio Jones, no matter what you have on the offense, it's just gonna be that's just gonna be hard to overcome. And so I I don't see them making a playoff run this year, and I I see Falcons at third in the NFC South.
1: Yeah, I I also kind of feel that our quarterback, Matt Ryan, isn't really the solution going forward. I yeah. think he's already peaked. And yeah. that he, mm-hmm. he's, for a while, just not been as good. And now losing Julio yeah. Jones, it's not going to get any better here. Right, right. But speaking and of losing quarterbacks. Matt Ryan's, mm-hmm. uh, go ahead. Ooh. I was trying to transition yeah, yeah, to the Saints. The Saints yeah. We got something else to say.
0: Yeah, no that's a good transition the saints lost drew Brees, hall of famer yeah like that is going to be incredibly hard to overcome plus michael thomas their star wide receiver amazing wide receiver he um he has an injury they think he's going to come back like mid-season but that i mean when you lose those two that's gonna be that's just too tough to overcome like they've got good backup like they've got good guys who could potentially fill in for breeze like Taysom hill mr 30 and 30 Jameis winston um and then they drafted ian book from notre dame who was like i mentioned earlier all-time win leader for notre dame so like they're i think they're gonna eventually be able to have a good quarterback out of those three guys they also when michael thomas is healthy They'll have a good receiver, and Alvin Kamara
1: is a good running back. But
0: yeah, I just can't that's think, just tough. I just like, can't
1: think of Jameis yeah. Winston without thinking thirty and 30. 30, touchdown, yeah. 30, 30 touchdowns over thirty touchdowns and thirty s- interceptions in a single season. Thirty interceptions. <laughs> that that is <laughs> that a is legendary l- stat line for a season. Yeah, so. yeah. God, you have to, to try be good, to good get enough that. to throw thirty touchdowns.
0: Yeah, you really do. (laughs) Also, thirty interceptions. Add enough the thirty interceptions. Crazy, absolutely crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Now the Saints' defense is going to be good. They were good last year, and they'll stay good this year.
1: Yeah. You gonna say? I feel like the Saints are going down slowly, probably kicking and screaming. Yeah. When you lose Drew Brees, he. He he is such an integral part of that Saints team. There's nothing you can do. You can't yeah. replace him, really. You, yeah. You can try and replace right. him, right. get some decent output, but nothing. It's not quite the same. So uh, yeah, yeah. Spe- going from one legendary QB to another legendary yeah. QB who's still playing, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady. Yeah.
0: Or the Tampa Bay Gronkaneers, uh, Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. I see what you did. Ultimate large. duo. <laughs> Honestly, like I don't know what there's to say. Like if it's Tom Brady, they're gonna make the playoffs and they're gonna do great. Like, and they bring back so much of their team from last year. They, yeah, I mean they they bring back most of their team from last year. Their defense was dominant last year in in rush defense and they should continue that way and they bring in ex-unc running back giovanni bernard which helps their only weakness which was run offense so just i think it's clear cut they're gonna win the division no question about it can't bet against tom
1: yeah first in nfc south no arguing there Unless some catastrophic injuries yeah. happen, but even then, Tom Brady played at that torn MCL. <laughs> right. So, um, right, right. So uh,
0: you can keep on playing. Not much to look it's at on. in the NFC can, South. Yeah, can play I
1: Guess, uh, you, yeah. You, you mentioned to me a mm-hmm. couple uh, a couple days ago a certain stat line about the Dallas Cowboys in the NFC East.
0: Ooh, yes, yes, and that leads us into the NFC East. So, the last time that the Bucks, the Milwaukee Bucks won an NBA title, the Cowboys won the Super Bowl the next year. Also, the last time that the Phoenix Suns lost in the NBA Finals, the Dallas Cowboys won the Super Bowl the next year. So, so all
1: signs are pointing to Dallas Cowboys winning the Super Bowl this year. But, Andrew, are the Dallas Cowboys going to win the Super Bowl this year? No, they're not. Um, (laughs) they, uh, I mean, who knows
0: with that? uh, Yeah. Their defense couldn't stop anyone running the ball. Everyone just ran it down their throat. Now they drafted a really good linebacker from Penn state named Micah Parsons, who's going to help. And I mean, their first six draft picks last year were defensive players. So like they're trying to build that defense, but just not enough now, offense should be dominant when you have Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup. Like that it just sounds that sounds like points on points on points. So, they're I think they're going to compete for a playoff spot and they're going to compete for a division title. And honestly, like they could win the division title. I'm I'm torn between them and Washington winning the division title. And I'll tell you why Washington goes up there as well. Not only Did they win the division last year? Now, part of that was because Dallas underperformed and Dak Prescott got injured. But Washington's defense was so good. Like, just so, so good. And their defensive line is, I think, the best in the NFL. Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, Darren Payne, and the star of it all, Chase Young. Chase Young had a dominant rookie year, and they've got good linebackers, too including UNC grad Cole Holcomb. Um, They also have good defensive backs and Kendall Fuller, Landon Collins. Like, this is a great defense. Now, they have the opposite problem of Dallas, though. Dallas had no defense but a great offense. Washington has no offense but a great defense. Like, they were the example of, why do we have to play offense? Why can't we just play defense last year? Um, I don't think it's going to get much better, now they did trade for slash sign Ryan Fitzpatrick so Fitz Magic will maybe make it a, make the offense a little bit better plus they drafted Diami Brown from UNC. so I mean so the, the offense will be better this year just it won't be great Yeah yeah and I'm and I'm yeah I'm picking Washington for the division because of that defense. Plus, I mean, Ron Rivera is a great coach. And also Dallas, just the past couple of years, seem to have underperformed. So I'm going to go with that trend of Dallas underperforming. You're, you're basically
1: yeah. going with the fact that Wa- the Washington football team is the least single-skewed team in this conference or this division. Mm-hmm. They're the mm-hmm. least bad team rather than yeah. the best team. Right, right. Yeah. I can yeah, see that. Because this is the
0: weakest division. This yeah. is a
1: very weak division yeah. right now. They need some the time. It's like the other games, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, go ahead. Sorry didn't mean no, to no, me. No, no, right. I, I have nothing to say. That's just my chair squeaking. Because okay. like the know, other I mean, two I mean, teams,
0: it's... yeah, the Eagles, the Eagles and the Giants are gonna be not that good. Like Eagles are gonna be bottom of the division. They their offense was bad. Their defense was good on third downs and on sacks. But that, I think, was because of their defensive coordinator, Jim Schwartz, who is an amazing defensive coordinator. Now, he has left the Eagles, so I think their defense is going to go backwards. And they just, like, I look at their roster, and they don't have much there. Like, they have quarterback Jalen Hurts, and they drafted wide receiver Devontae Smith, who is a dominant wide receiver at Alabama. That's going to be a fun combo to watch in years future, but... Like they're so young and they don't have enough around them to really do anything. Do they still have Zach Ertz? I think he left as well. Let me—I forgot where he went to though. Um, let me look that up.
1: He—he's no, he's still, still there. He's, but still he's not, still apparently like, not oh, happy. Okay. Apparently not happy, but okay. he's still there. He—he he was always my uh, uh, one of the little gens I'd find in fantasy football. I'd always get. Mm-hmm. I got him the season he, he broke out, good. and I always strive to oh, get really? him early. I would always go for him early because Damn. the tight end differential in fantasy football can be fairly important. Because mm-hmm. I, I go for two Definitely. starters, running back, wide receiver, then a tight end because he's re- it's really important, and then I go for mm-hmm. other receivers for the quarterback, of course, because injuries you're always going to be yeah. wiring. I always go with at least one wire every week because yeah. of course but uh, we could talk about fantasy football another time let's go let's keep chugging along i believe you have the nfc west or yeah yeah you talk about in the uh yeah. NFC South.
0: well the last team was the giants in the nfc east they um they don't have good wide receivers now saquon is a great running back but they just don't have enough on offense to really relieve pressure from barkley their de- their defensive line will be good their defensive backs will be good. But, like, no offense, plus lacking in the linebacking area, they they won't be able to make the playoffs. Yeah, I, I completely Which does agree. lead us to the last, yeah, the the last division, the yeah. NFC West. Which, that's, I mean, it's a toss-up, because all these teams are good, in my opinion, um, but I'm going to put the 49ers at the bottom. Really? They, yeah, yeah. And it's tough to put them there because Nick Bosa, D4, those are great defensive ends. They're both Pro Bowl players. Offensively, they drafted Trey Sermon, who I think is a great, going to be a great running back. Plus they have George Kittle and Kyle Juszczyk. But it feels like there's problems there. Like they drafted Trey Lance, the quarterback, with their, their top pick. And there's right now a quarterback battle going on between him and Jimmy Garoppolo because Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't lived up to expectations. And I worry about the receivers on that team. I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't think they really got a star receiver. Plus, they, they still don't know who's going to be their starter. Now, all signs are pointing to Jimmy Garoppolo staying the starter since he's been there and Trey Lance is still a rookie but like i don't know i just i don't feel like they have enough because it is a great division
1: they went from super bowl from being in the super bowl to mm-hmm. basically irrelevant really quickly right right mm-hmm. so uh yeah and uh, i can see that. Yeah. i i see what, yeah it's not looking good right yeah. now for them yeah now the
0: next three teams I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Rams third, Cardinals second, Seahawks first, but all three of them will compete for the playoffs. All three of them could make the playoffs, honestly, and all three of them could win the division. And I'll point out the high points for them. So the Rams, their high point is Matthew Stafford. He is a fantastic quarterback, and he should reinvigorate that offense. Now, the the problem with the offense is that. It's going to be his first year in that system. And it takes a little bit of time to learn, you know, a new offensive playbook and all that. There's going to be a lot of pressure on them. Plus their running game is weak. And I think you need a strong running game when you have a new quarterback. Now, the Rams have a great defense. I mean, <laughs> when you have Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, you can't be that bad on defense. So they'll, they'll still be good. Just, I think that the other two teams, Cardinals and Seahawks are more complete. Like the Cardinals, Kyler Murray is going to continue getting better. DeAndre Hopkins, AJ Green, Christian Kirk—that is a scary wide receiver combo. And then they had a decent defense last year, and then they added JJ Watt, you know, a future Hall of Famer. So, yeah, they're just—they their defense seems complete. Their defensive backs are very good. Malcolm Butler, Buddha Baker uh for the cardinals but still i think the seahawks are gonna be the best team in the division just never bet against russell wilson he always i mean i think every single year in the nfl he has had a winning record and he's been in the nfl for a while yeah plus i mean he has dk metcalf was so good last year at wide receiver just just so good him i mean and tyler lockett was but having those two receivers like that's just going to be fun for Russell Wilson um, and their defense, despite not being the Legion of boom anymore, Trey flowers and Jamal Adams will make this a very good, you know, a very good defense for they're both defensive backs and you need good defensive backs when you're playing in a division with Matthew Stafford, Kyle Murray and, and Jimmy G. So I just feel like they're the most complete team. Um, and Pete Carroll's a great quarter or great coach, so I'm gonna I'm picking the Seahawks, but I could see the Cardinals and Rams competing
1: for the division. Yeah, no, I, I again I am in complete agreement with you. Really, um, Cardinal maybe uh, maybe the Cardinals at three might be a little bit more uh, yeah. realistic. I don't see Kyler uh, Kyler Murray really taking that jump. Quite yet, mm-hmm. I'm not even sure if he's gonna be as good as it was sort of quote unquote advertised okay. to be. Um, okay. Yeah. But we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Yeah. So uh, who do you have? Who do you have in the NFC making the playoffs? So making so, the playoffs. So so you so, you, so recapping, yeah. you had the Seahawks finishing first in the West, so they'll go. Washington football mm-hmm. team going tampa bay going and the vikings uh, i mean the packers going so who are your wild cards yeah yeah so those are four division winners my wild cards are going to be
0: cardinals um i think that offense with i mean deandre hopkins aj green are two great receivers and their their defense seems very just very good and plus they got jj watt now also I'm going to say the Vikings, the Vikings tend to have a history at least under coach Mike Zimmer of bouncing back when they have bad seasons. So in 2014, 2016 and 2018, those were three years that they under Mike Zimmer that they did not make the playoffs. Every single so far every single time Mike Zimmer has been head coach and he has not made the playoffs, the very next year he's made the playoffs. So Kind of going with history there. Plus, I think it's an overall pretty good team. Then lastly, Dallas. Like they're just their offense should just be so good. Plus, they're in a weak division that I feel like they're gonna be able to sneak in with that with that dominant offense.
1: Yeah, Dallas is key. The Cowboys key is really outscoring their that. opponent. Oh, That's the only way they're yeah. gonna accomplish yeah. anything. Yeah. So uh, that's my NFL. Yeah, that, that's, that's, the my NFL that's, your, uh, that's the NFC. That's the NFC. We'll be back so, yeah. uh, next time with AFC and uh, mm-hmm. other college football conferences. But let's go ahead and uh, take it to the NBA. Of course, the NBA draft was this yes. past Thursday. And there's a bunch of wheeling and dealing happening before and during the, uh, the draft. So mm-hmm. I'm going to run down some of the trades, first of all. Um, first we've got the Grizzlies and the Pelicans trading the Grizzlies sent Jonas Valanciunas and pick 17 and 51 to the Pelicans in exchange for Steven Adams Eric Bledsoe and picks 10 40 and a 2022 uh, first from the Lakers Uh, then the Pelicans then the Pelicans would trade pick 53 to Philly just for money cash considerations then Cleveland Uh, The Cavs acquired Ricky Rubio from Minnesota uh, in exchange for Tarion Prince and a second-round pick next year and cash. Uh, Then the blockbuster happened. Russell Westbrook, along with uh, uh, seconds in 2024 and 2028, uh, went to the Lakers in exchange for Kyle Kuzma, Montrezl Harrell, and Contavious Caldwell-Pope. And picks, too. And some picks. So um, Westbrook, AD, LeBron. How are the Lakers going to afford putting some guys around them? I don't know. (laughs) But uh, if we hear anything, we'll definitely say it. Um, Then after that, the next actual thing to happen was the hornets making a pick or uh, making a trade they sent pick 37 uh, that they got pick 37 so uh 7th pick in the second round and Mason Plumley so uh now i have to be somewhat mm. eh for a plumley um, <laughs> from the pistons in exchange uh the hornets sent the 57th pick to the pistons that that move on paper, does not look fair at all, but it looks like the Pistons are just clearing mm. up some cap space, and Hornets will, will gladly take some of that space. uh Space hit at this point in mm-hmm. pick thirty-seven. um We'll get to what the picks translated to later. uh OKC would then trade pick sixteen in the first round to the Rockets for two future first rounders. The Knicks would then this is also during the draft would trade the nineteenth pick. To charlotte uh for a future first round pick and that pick protection came out later as being a future first um so if it's in 2022 it's 1 through 18 protected if it's 2023 1 through 16 protected and 2024 1 through 14 protected um also in 2025 i believe it's also 1 through 14. um And if it doesn't work out after those it would just turn into two seconds if it never conveys the wizards would then trade the 22nd pick anthony gill and caleb holmesley uh, to the pacers for aaron holiday in the 31st pick following this was a three-team trade dylan wright from the kings to atlanta tristan thompson from the celtics to the kings Chris Dunn from Atlanta to the Celtics, and Bruno Fernando from Atlanta to the Celtics. A lot of... uh, Celtics have been doing a lot of work. And finally, Josh Richardson would make a move from the Mavs to the Celtics, clearing up some space for the Mavs. So, a lot of movements, uh, a lot of trades, and still going to be a a bunch more, and a lot of these won't be finalized until the 6th of August and that's when free agency really starts so we're going to see some fun stuff then mm-hmm. but uh with that being said let's go ahead and jump into the draft and sort of I'm not going to go entirely pick by pick here but uh first pick Kate Cunningham to the Pistons not really a surprise then uh, Jalen Green to the Rockets not really surprised Evan Mobley to the Cavs is a little bit of a surprise considering they have Jared Allen, but sounds are that yeah. the Cavs want to make him a stretch four. I don't really agree with that sort of assessment, but <laughs> we'll see what happens. Then the first real surprise was pick number four, the Toronto Raptors, Scotty Barnes. Mm-hmm. Second time, um, second year straight, that... A Florida State sixth man has been picked fourth in the NBA draft. Uh, Last year, that was Patrick Williams to the Bulls. Turned out pretty good for them, though he Hmm. had a late season drop-off. Scotty Barnes, a very, very good pick. I had sort of marked him as that he's going to go up in the board. He's a very good pick. Uh, Jalen Suggs was still on the board at this point. So uh, that was really interesting. I like that pick. And then the next thing to happen yeah. is Josh Giddy from Australia at pick 6 for OKC. This yes. kind of this was a little bit interesting cuz I've seen uh, doing a little bit of research on him. A lot of people compare him to LaMelo Ball. Way and sort of okay. cite how low that he lit up LaMelo Ball and sort of exploited him uh just mm-hmm. dumped points on him and Lamello couldn't defend him and he was able to defend Lomelo a little bit. Um, they're sort of using as that he's supposed to be a better Lamelo ball. I don't entirely buy into that. He is a big point guard who can pass. He can shoot. Um, But That's I felt innate. six is a little bit high for him. Six was a little bit high for him. Uh, but we'll mm-hmm. see. We'll see. Especially when league comes around. Uh, assuming he's going to play in summer league. Following that, Jonathan Kaminga at seventh for Golden State. Now Golden State tried a bunch to tra- to trade this pick, but mm-hmm. nothing was finalized, and they just ended up going with Kaminga at this point. And then at eight, <laughs> I was surprised by this pick, Franz Wagner, at eight for the Magic. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. Uh, they so yeah. uh, the magic took uh, Suggs at five. Good pick. Mm. That's a very very good pick. But Franz Wagner screams to me bust. <laughs> I don't think he's adapted to really play in the NBA. He. I might be wrong here, of course but I don't feel like he's going to mm. be worth that eight pick considering there are still other players on the, on the board, really. Uh, mm-hmm. Following this, the Grizzlies with uh, using the Pelicans 10th pick uh, took Zaire Williams. I I had some question marks about Zaire Williams sort of injury record and production output, but it's not too bad of a pick really um Zaire was highly rated in uh, the high school rating but fell a little bit later due to mostly those concerns um and then the hornets uh with their own 11th pick no trades no nothing drafted james book Knight from yukon now some people wanted uh moody at this point uh moody um who would fall to 7 to 14th pick but i so the guard james booknight is really good he's athletic yeah. he yeah. can shoot a lot of people point to maybe his a little bit less optimal shooting from last year though he was injured a, good, a decent bit of last season um but I think he's going to be box office. Him, uh, Miles Bridges, and another uh, guy we're going to talk about uh, later in this draft for the Hornets. These guys can dunk. They will put the ball into the <laughs> hoop with force, with emphasis. Mm-hmm. There, this yeah. is the Hornets. Charlotte's going to just be Lob City 2.0. If it wasn't already. <laughs> the the passing and the shooting and this sort of um getting book night sort of opens the door to who's going to come back from, uh from between Terry Rozier who was one year left on his contract Malik Monk and Devonte Graham well Malik Monk and Devonte Graham are out of contract right now are either of them coming back who I don't know Malik Monk maybe I don't know if Malik Monk is going to come back. It doesn't seem like uh, Ortega really liked him. But uh, I really liked the book night pick. I really liked his that pick. Mm. I trust Mitch Kupchak when uh, he hasn't had a bad draft. I don't think. Not on (laughs) wood. Yeah, not yet. Uh, But the real head scratcher for me was Josh Primo or Primo picked at twelve from for the spurs yeah the best analysis i could get of him is uh from someone who basically wrote this up uh he's basically professional at, at listing uh and sort of analyzing prospects and uh i'm gonna quote this uh he pushed pushed this up on reddit and uh his name uh on reddit is jnay1 g-a-y-n-a-y one if you want to look him up on reddit um he said quote the last one last prospect we'll talk uh about uh as a notable omission is drop josh primo or primo uh who is one of the two prospects that just feels like a practical joke parentheses <laughs> with the other being opera on shangun uh seen S E N G U N uh i like uh like i talk about Brian have brown having no credible nba skill um, brown being uh, greg brown um but at least he's stupid athletic primo is slightly above average athlete at best and his only bankable nba skill is the shooting uh there uh there he was again only slightly above average by prospect standards The idea that any team would take him at all, much less in the first round, seems insane. So, obviously, he's not really... uh, (laughs) Not high on him. Yeah, not high on him. And to take him in the lottery at 12 is sort of a head-scratcher. So, uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to think about this. But uh, moving on, a lot of people wanted uh, Moses Moody with the hornets pick at 11 mm-hmm. but instead they took uh hornets took james booknight and moses moody fell to 14. uh golden state's second pick also a very good pick though the warriors did not trade mm. they did not trade their picks people thought they would now of course they could always trade these guys yeah. again um was part of it later but they they didn't trade for veterans they're trying to still build for the future somewhat uh and mm-hmm. both their picks are really good um of note moses moody did play with Cade cunningham and dayron in high school so that's something to oh, wow. say and uh look down that... thing of note go ahead okay
0: so um connecting to josh primo moses moody josh primo both played in the stc um Moses Moody averaged double the amount of points as Josh Primo did, and they both only played one year in the SEC. Huh. So, that's and they were one pick apart. Moody averaged seventeen, uh, seventeen a game. Primo's eight a game. Yeah, head scratcher is definitely the right word to say. And I think it's a it's a good pick for Golden State.
1: Yeah, Moses Moody
0: is a great pick. To pick Moody.
1: Yeah it's yeah. really gonna it's, it's gonna spread the floor and it's also going to give them some flexibility um mm-hmm. so once once that pick finished off um with uh 15 being cory kispert uh the nba in honor of uh terrence clark kentucky uh one and done who passed away in a car crash um uh, it in may or early june something like that uh honored him by making him an honorary uh pick um where did I? Uh, he was drafted by the nba at the end of the lottery and he was uh people paid respects to him uh so yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's a tragedy that uh, what happened to him, he had promise. One of, he was mm-hmm. one of the only Kentucky players that really had some big promise uh, and yeah. skill. And yeah. the, the car crash sort of ended those dreams way too quickly for him. So the NBA mm-hmm. uh, let him still be drafted. Um, and following that, the uh, things moved on. Uh, the Hornets. The next real thing of note is that the Knicks had two picks; they had pick nineteen and pick twenty-one, and mm-hmm. uh, they would always just zoom in. You know how ESPN almost likes to zoom in on Spike Lee. Uh, yeah. That's what they always do. They just zoom in on him, and then the ESPN yeah, so would break it. Who would break it? It's like uh, the Knicks are trading pick nineteen to the Hornets, uh, who are going to grab <laughs> Kai Jones from Texas. Um, And I like this. He's he's powerful forward slash center. He's a good player. Um, And to be honest, I wasn't expecting necessarily to get a center with our only first round pick. But when we grabbed that second Mm -hmm. pick, I immediately knew we were going for a center. We were going to, because we knew Kai Jones was going to be there. At this point, he had fallen, Mm -hmm. and we just made that move immediately. Um, He can shoot, he can dunk, he can play a little defense. He he's still going to be a project for the Hornets. He's still a project, but he's. I like the pick. There might have been some better players out there, but maybe not. Uh, One of them was mentioned was Jalen Johnson, who which I disagree with i don't really ch- trust jalen johnson he of course went to duke i don't trust his work ethic and <laughs> sort of his health really because uh, he's had multiple injuries so yeah i'm i'm happy with the draft selection i trust mitch Kupchak. um the hornets the hornets trained or they uh had a workout with kai jones relatively late in in really? the whole workout uh timeline yeah relatively late mm-hmm. and to see that we were able to snag him it it, it was good move very good move um mm-hmm. and like i mentioned jalen johnson fouled to pick 20 actually going to atlanta um so i don't know how well that's going to go for yeah. them but uh we'll see what happens keon yeah. johnson from tennessee i think he's from tennessee uh um, yeah tennessee. tennessee yeah uh If he uh, went 21, uh, initially thought that he would be going to the Pistons. So the pick was traded from the Knicks, and it originally thought going to the Pistons, but in fact it was going to the Clippers. How the Clippers managed to fandangle their way into the first round after basically trading away everything they had um, (laughs) to get Paul George, they got Keon Johnson, who might Hmm. be a – I think he's sneaky pretty good. He's pretty good um and following him jaden springer fell to pick 28 he fell he fell hard i remember unc was pushing to get him um out of high mm-hmm. school he was really highly ranked and we uh we lot we let off the the pedal in tennessee went to tennessee um mm-hmm. He just fell like a rock. I would have thought, like considering yeah. how much hype and how good he was supposed to be uh, in high school, he would have been picked lottery. But he fell to the very end of the first round. Yeah. And I mean, and you can also really say this about uh, Dayron Sharp, who would be picked right after him. Technically, the Suns pick, but going to the Nets, so he's going to Brooklyn. Dayron Sharp. Um, it was part mm-hmm. of a Landry Shamit trade to Phoenix so Nets get pick 29 um Mm -hmm. Dayron this was a quote from Reddit that I really liked Dayron Sharp one of the hardest hidden safeties in the league (laughs) it it was I I just found it pretty funny (laughs) um but sort of I I like this I I really really like this this is gonna be really good for Mm Dayron because of course I love Dayron Sharp you know Greenville slash Winterville he's like lives five minutes away from where we grew up and um but of course he was also a monster at unc we always look Mm -hmm. out for our tar heels and people last season were saying oh wiseman on the warriors would be perfect because he doesn't have to worry necessarily about the offense and spacing curry and clay thompson of course was before the re-injury of clay thompson would handle that offense and Basically, it would create space for him. And, of course, uh, Draymond Green. Don't forget him. And then, of course, things didn't really work out that way. I see a similar situation this season. But even better for Dayron. Dayron is going yeah. get still going to get found out on defense. And on offense, he's going to have some troubles. But the floor will be spaced out for him better. Um, between mm-hmm. Durant, Harden, and Kyrie Irving, He's going to have space to work and maneuver. He, so I really like this. I really, really like this. Yeah. yeah. Um, only UNC player, of course, in the draft and going, still going in the first round, late first round. He, he's still a project, he, but I think he's going to have some good – he's going to have some fun.
0: I think he would make an immediate impact on this. Yes, he's going to make an immediate impact. He, yeah,
1: he's a tenacious rebounder. He's a rebounder. dominant rebounder. Yeah. Yeah. And he's going to poster somebody. He aver- Yeah. He's going to poster oh, somebody. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, I could see it. Another person. Uh, um, I, I don't have much more here about the draft to talk about, but a few more things. Isaiah Todd. Now, that name sounds familiar if you were looking at the high school recruiting a couple years ago because at some point he was number one. He was literally number one on the high school uh, going to college boards. um, College basketball recruiting boards. He just dropped to pick 31. Um, And and he's going to the Wizards. The pick went from Milwaukee to the Pacers to the Wizards. He was a super high recruit. He... Committed to Michigan. Is he? Is he from North Carolina? I think he's from North Carolina, but he went to Michigan. Um, it was between Kentucky and Michigan. Um, yeah. Ended up committing to Michigan, then decommitted and went yeah. to the G League, and mm-hmm. he, his stock dropped like a rock. Really. So um, yeah, there there is some value to that extra year before getting drafted, really. It helps separate mm. some of the wheat from the chaff. But, um, yeah. The Hornets did get pick 37 through the Pistons mm-hmm. because of the Plumley trade and managed to get a JT Thor, power forward slash center from Auburn. Um, he can shoot and he can, of course, play a center role, a power forward role. So I really like this pick. Very, very good pick. Um, yeah. it was, the the same guy that who was talking about, uh, Josh Primo mentioned that this pick is probably the best pick relative to who was available that the Hornets made. I disagree a little bit with that when it comes to the other picks, Mm -hmm. but I agree that this is a very good pick for where it landed. And the fact that the Hornets were managed, managed to trade and get this pick, uh, losing basically losing nothing really. Uh, coming out winners in that trade i like this pick a lot and the hornets 56th pick their second pick in the second round um was scotty lewis a guard from florida i don't know as much about him didn't do as much research about him i'm not really sure how much he's gonna play i think that's really gonna come down to are we gonna keep rogier are we going to keep uh or malik monk that's really going to determine if he stays because he's also going to be competing uh, with Book Knight, really. So, uh, one more thing. So, we did. I did mm-hmm. mention earlier that no ACC first or second team players were drafted. But another little interesting tidbit is that Oregon's, Oregon's uh, Chris Duarte is just the second senior to be selected in the lottery in the last five years the only other one cam oh, johnson wow. cam johnson oh wow yeah so uh that's a little Glad. tidbit right there oh that's the cool, that's yeah. cool. I had no clue. Yeah, yeah so uh that is that, that is the draft i've been looking forward to this for a while uh, some people fell some people climbed up higher interesting picks some disappointing picks i don't know what the heck the knicks are doing frankly. I, I would <laughs> I really would have thought the Knicks would try to build on this season. Do the Knicks even know what they're doing? From the looks of it, no. Do the Knicks even know what they're doing? Yeah. From the looks of it, no. But uh, <laughs> that's... I, I don't think uh, there's really much else to talk about. Uh, I mean, I guess the only other thing to talk about that's it's actually not basketball related is that the U.S. men's soccer team, uh, national soccer team, is going to be playing against Mexico's so- national soccer team in the CONCACAF, that's basically the North American national teams all playing together in a tournament, so in North Copa America or the Euros, playing in the Gold Cup Final. And uh, that is exciting. August 1st, which is today, uh, at 8.30pm. By the time a lot of people are watching this, this game will have already been played. Not watching, listening. Uh, mm-hmm. Listening to this, it will have already been played. Um... Mm-hmm. So I guess watch the highlights of it. I don't know if the U.S. is going to win this. I think Mexico is just going to run all over us at this point. Wanting some revenge for the last time uh, when the U.S. won 3-2, which is a really, really good game. Uh, But in Mm -hmm. any case, uh, between now and next time, if anything happens, we'll be sure to let you all know on the next uh, episode of the Dean Dome Talk. You got anything else to add? No, thank you all for listening. Yeah, until next time, thank you.